Casual Diary Podcast, episode 300. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leverage streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Massey. Glad that you are here today because you are going to do something today that we have never done before. What does that mean? We're going to talk to someone who actually holds a world record. What? What does that have to do with cash flow? I know, I know, we're going to get to all of those good things, but I figured you'd like to know interesting tidbits and facts about everybody that you are going to meet. Today's guest, well, he's an entrepreneur, speaker, author, and as I said before, a world record holder. Here's the interesting thing. He's out there helping entrepreneurs learn a very important skill because many of you, you have had your nose in a book. You've been in the course. You've been to the seminar. And here's the challenge. You still haven't gotten a deal done. Let me tell you why. It's because you don't know enough people to go out there to get the deals done with. But most importantly, you probably don't have a system, a strategy, or an understanding of even what networking is about. And today's guest is going to help us out. His name is none other than Matt Handshaking Holmes, and I'm excited to introduce you guys to him because he's out there making it happen in many different ways. He's been in the real estate field. He is now helping entrepreneurs, as I said, build their businesses through the power of networking. And one of the best things that we can do is to get to know more people. So let's get to know Matt right now. Matt, you there? Hey, hey, Jay Massey. How's it going? So far, so good. Cool. So you said world record. Now, I normally ask other questions first, and I'm still going to ask that one, but what's the world record for? Yeah, so in, in January, <clears throat> excuse me, in January of 2016, I had a, you know, it was on the bucket list to break a world record. And um, <laughs> I, I kind of started Googling around what, what, you know, what's something that I actually think I realistically could break. And I stumbled across the world's longest handshake, which is between two people. And the world record was at 42 and a half hours. They shook, <laughs> two people shook hands for 42 and a half hours in Africa in 2013. <laughs> I, my company is, of course, called the Handshake and Video Series. So that, that wasn't right. We, we needed to win that world record. So. <laughs> So I, I found someone who would do it with me. I found a venue, and then two days before, we had everything planned. All the volunteers lined up. The venue, two days before, my partner fell through. So we had to push back. I said, I'm doing this in January, whether we fail or not. And um, someone else stepped up to the plate. And then the day before, the venue fell through. So I, I went into a bar to order a beer and try to figure this out. And I asked the bar, do you know anywhere I could shake someone's hand for like 48 hours? <laughs> 
And they're like, well, Steph would be the one to ask. And Steph was a bar manager. We ended up breaking the world record the following day at that bar, which was pretty epic. But um, let's see. So we started shaking hands. So we were about four hours in. Um, a lot of people ask, how do you go to the bathroom? And wow. answer, you do get five-minute breaks. But, of course, you don't want to use all of them because then you are going to be awake for a very long time. That could be a risk to your health. You know, After shaking hands for 36 and 42 hours, we had a doctor come in to make sure we were in good shape. And uh, we stopped the timer at 46 hours. And after we deducted our breaks, we broke the world record for 43 and a half hours. <laughs> so we broke it by one hour. And we got... Nine News came in with a big camera and did a video segment. They kind of laugh and they're like, "What are these Denver entrepreneurs doing?" Like, it's really, it's really a funny world record because it's not like we. Re- I mean, there, there were, were some health risks, but it's not like we were jumping off a cliff or, you know, doing anything too risky. But wow, it was grueling. And um, so earlier this year, I became world record holder, and not much changed. It's just something kind of exciting to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um- I, I I'm I'm think I'm with with a lot of people who didn't even know that there was a world record for that. Uh, but hey, congratulations! Do you get a medal? Do they do they give you a medal or anything or no? Oh, nothing. I mean, they, they'll send you a certificate, and if you lose it, they'll sell you another one for twenty five dollars. <laughs> That's awesome. Some, some other interesting facts that your listeners might just want to laugh at is it takes ten to twelve weeks to get your application re- reviewed by Guinness, unless you pay like $1,000, and then they'll review it in five days and tell you if you are allowed to break it or not. <laughs> um, let's see. On the, on the back end, after we submit the evidence, um, it takes a long time for them to review it. Unless you pay $650, then they'll review it within five days. So <laughs> Guinness just happens to be the strongest brand name to partner with. But we already reaped the benefits from 10, local, 10 you know, national and local news sources writing about us and it got me some good credibility and exposure for my company. So we already reached our goals in breaking it without Guinness. Yeah. So just some interesting facts there, you know. Indeed. That that might be the craziest marketing strategy I've heard in a long, long time. <laughs> but I, I get it. I get it. Okay, so let's get into this. Now, I, I normally ask this question, especially first time people are there or here with us. And I, I tend to look at today's entrepreneurs a lot like yesterday's superheroes. Uh, so what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, Batman, Robin, Superman, all these guys and, and gals, not to leave them out, you know, they go out there and, and they dress up. And I think entrepreneurs, we dress up, we, we do these things uh, to be able to help our customers. Sometimes we think we're wearing a cape and a mask and swooping in. Um, but that, in general, the premise is the same. Also like superheroes, before Spider-Man was, you know, climbing walls, he was just a photographer, you know, uh, before, uh, you know, uh, Wonder Woman was out there being Wonder Woman. She was just a princess. Uh, so my, my question to you, Matt, handshake and Holmes, <laughs> before the world record, before all the real estate you've done, before these things and the contributions you've made to the world, who is Matt Holmes? <laughs> Um, let's see. I've just, excuse me. I've always been someone passionate about connecting people that I thought needed to meet. I've always been a community builder and organized events, both uh, personally and professionally. But I think it all started when, 
when, uh, let's see, my first shot at entrepreneurship was after I got dumped from a two-year relationship. Nice. <laughs> I was heartbroken. I didn't know what to do. But two things that I did know was um, I could drive a manual car, I could drive stick, and I knew how to ride a, a bicycle. So I figured going to Impulse buy a motorcycle was probably the next step of getting over that relationship. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. And um, when I went to sell it, I made a little bit of money. And that was my first taste of making a few hundred dollars on my own without a job. And I realized, wow, that was not much effort. Mm. I'm going to do that again. So I bought another motorcycle and um, kind of flipped cars. And before graduating with undergrad, I found myself helping friends as kind of your private party. You, you, your friend who would help you buy a car private party. And I uh, was doing a little bit of automotive consulting and I'd help others get a good deal, make sure they weren't buying a lemon and that was my first taste of entrepreneurship. That's interesting. I that that's. Did you like cars and motorcycles already? Is that something you had done growing up? Yeah, before that motorcycle, I had a Subaru that I was into, and you know, I'd swap out the parts and try to make it faster and try to not get more speeding tickets. But uh, <laughs> and yeah, definitely got to learn a lot. Uh, for started with motorcycles, what got into cars and trucks, and flipped a few of those. And then started helping friends. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So uh, take us through the journey. After you're done flipping cars, you, or at what point when you're in that process with the, the automobiles, do you get a different idea that goes, hey, well, maybe I should do this? Yeah. So, um, so I graduated um, undergrad with a psychology degree and was still kind of flipping a few cars. But wow, that was not enough to start hacking away at the student loans and uh, do all that. So I took a sales job. And, of course. And immediately hated it. So <laughs> of course. I knew I liked entrepreneurship. I applied to get my master's in business from University of Denver, the same school, and um, got accepted. And while I was in the MBA school, I realized, okay, Matt, it's time to launch a big boy business this time where you're actually going to have a chance <laughs> of paying your bills. Right. I like how you call it a big boy business, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Not just not a hobby that makes a few bucks, one that's going to pay the bills and now the student loans for your master's degree, which is $100,000. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, I realized I was buying low and selling high in the auto industry, and I had kind of just gotten into real estate. I bought my first house, and I realized, wow, this is an appreciating asset, which is contrary to the automotive space. Um, I can also rent it out without worrying about much, you know, as much liability as renting out one of your cars to your friends. I don't think that's a thing. But um, wow, I could have made some money with all the trucks I flipped if it was. So, but anyway, I got out of the auto industry and into the real estate industry where we, I kind of had the mindset buy low, sell high. The asset's going to appreciate and I'm going to make some money renting it in the meantime. And uh, my first company, Holmes Real Estate Group, did just that. We took out of state investors. And invested in South Denver properties, single-family homes. Nice. And Denver is one of the most popular spots for millennials to move to. So we rented to young professionals that were moving here and wanted to live with other roommates. So it was it was a big win. Um, I couldn't really pay myself, so I maxed out another eighty-five thousand dollars of credit card debt. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, on on top of the student loan, so I was balancing quite a bit of debt. But I had the confidence to do that because my properties were appreciating four to eight grand per month. Oh, wow. So what, what, is, so what if you eat food on a credit card for one month when just one of your properties could cover 
the same salary that one of my friends just went and got a job with, you know? Like I definitely have some assets here that are appreciating and were a great investment decision. I have investors, I have mortgages, I have bills, I have maintenance, you know. I got a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, we're appreciating very quickly. Probably the fastest in the nation at that point. So that was really lucky. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. I really, I just, I put together like a a spreadsheet and convinced a family friend to, you know, invest. And she got in, I I started paying her return. Real estate was just going well. For a young guy just graduating with his master's, I did not know how to pitch investors, but definitely (laughs) definitely had a win. Like that was a win. I never changed Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just, uh, you you hit something right there that I think a lot of people needed to hear again, uh, specifically the part about not, quote unquote, knowing how to pitch investors, but you didn't let that, you didn't let that stop you from pitching them. That's right. Just kind of kept pushing and uh, got feedback from them on why they were not investing <laughs> and then tried to address that issue right? And and just kind of went from there. But I think that's, you know, a lot of people want it perfect or they want to be ready. And entrepreneurship is all about, you know, just making the best decision and executing right now with the information you have at hand. If you wait until you're ready, if you wait until it's perfect, you're going to be waiting for a very long time and you're probably not going to take the first step because the very first step of entrepreneurship is making a commitment to start moving forward before it's perfect, before you're ready and getting used to that feeling. Yeah, yeah, getting used to that feeling indeed, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so in the process of of you know going through the the real estate, I'm assuming you had to well shake a lot of hands. Uh <laughs> would would that be an accurate statement? You know, I think that company would have been way more successful if I did. What okay. I was doing is when when I finished, you know, working on a property or you know, getting a tenant signed up, I would I would go to happy hour and bring two friends with me that I thought I should that I thought should meet. They were entrepreneurs, you know, looking to quit their full time job or or they were, you know, just buying their first house and I knew someone else who was under contract and I knew that introducing them would probably help them. So I was kinda I guess you could say handshaking on the side, but one thing I was not doing was networking with the big real estate investors in the Denver community. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't meeting the best to learn how to improve my my real estate business. I see. And that's probably one of the contributing factors of why I eventually got sick of real estate about a year and a half ago or, or maybe even two now. And um I sold off most of my real estate assets and bought myself a financial runway and said I'm not passionate about real estate, but I love entrepreneurship. I don't have a plan again. <laughs> and um I'm going to just start interviewing people who I am attracted to. So started the video series and and uh, interviewed billionaires, members of Congress, venture capitalists, entrepreneurs who had done it. Not built a small real estate company like mine that covered their bills, but entrepreneurs that had built a business that could pay people salaries. And not just 15 people salaries. Like I interviewed Andre Duran, the founder of a big Denver startup called Ping Identity with 360 employees. And I could not believe that his idea that was once on a napkin is now paying the salary of his employees, and he probably doesn't even know some of their names. <laughs> like that's inspiring, you know. There's bigger goals out there than just building a you know a, a freelancing company or a con- consulting company where you only pay your own bills. Like I, I want your listeners and you to change the world in a way bigger than that. You know, take take action to really hit a huge goal and um, get a lot of other people involved. And that's how you're going to grow a big business and really make an impact for the world. But um, I, I digress. That's that's kind of 
my transition out of real estate and into the video series was, uh, you know, the real, the real estate was a numbers driven business and eventually I got sick of it and I was doing other things outside of it. Right. Now I'm doing a business where 24 seven, I'm already doing what I love. I'm introducing people. I'm seeing cool things happen. I'm helping startups raise funding. I'm helping new entrepreneurs establish credibility on the internet and, um, we're helping people network better. And we're, and we're also doing the networking for them. <laughs> got it. Got it. Now, would you say though, that what you're doing today probably wouldn't be what it is without the prior experiences that you've already had? Big time. I would not have the privilege. I mean, I ran the video series for, I flew around the nation for eight months interviewing people that I like top entrepreneurs online, members of Congress, and these people that I just admired. And I found out that asking to interview someone about their success you know, it makes it 10 times more likely that they're going to meet with you rather than asking for a <laughs> coffee meeting. I'm sure you can vouch for that too, Mr. J. Matthew. But, um, it, you know, being a blogger, a podcast host, or a video series host is definitely a shortcut to networking with today's top entrepreneurs, top you name it. Whoever you're trying to get in contact with, it's going to accelerate the process. So that was pretty cool. And then I learned from them and Realize, wow, they're doing way crazier things than maxing out $85,000 in credit card debt. <laughs> These guys are like risking marriages. They're like, you know, throwing away their kids' college savings funds. They are, they have $2,000 in the bank account when they have payroll coming up for 50 people. Um, they're, they're putting everything on the line to launch, to, you know, take their business to the next level. And it really inspired me to, you know, keep traveling down this rabbit hole. And eventually, once I realized, wow, I'm, I'm really, good at networking and, and getting in front of people. And this has a serious value to startups that are trying to get meetings with investors and don't have any success with that. You know, if, if I can help your startup raise $800,000 and take a small cut, you're not going to care if I take five or 10% because without me, it wouldn't have happened or without my coaching, it would have taken a much longer. So I'm in a much better, um, a much better seat with, with, uh, helping technology companies and entrepreneurs network rather than, you know, getting tenants to sign 12 month leases. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But you, you mentioned something that I think is really germane and that hopefully everyone else, uh, grabs onto is that you realize through this evolutionary process, it seems as though you realized, Hey, I do have a unique gift and ability, something that I can provide that is of value. I, and, and then you just had to learn to package it in a completely different way. Interestingly enough, sometimes you may have the genesis of a great idea, but also need to let it go through a number of changes, a number of iterations, a number of different refinements in order to get it to become the thing that, well, actually makes money. There's nothing wrong with that process, guys. That's what's really cool. You get to pivot, you get to change, you get to apply your creativity and be inside the feedback loop. It doesn't mean you failed. It just means you're being refined. And those are some great, great things. You probably noticed this is episode 300. What does that mean? We've been refined many, 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 many times over. Many have failed. Many have succeeded. But you are still here, and that's awesome. Speaking of failures and successes, and most importantly, being able to understand the concept of networking and meeting the right people and understanding value that you can bring to the table, why don't you pick up a free copy of my book, Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. I'll give you the electronic version for free right now. All you got to do is go to cashflowdiary.com forward slash free book. Again, that's cashflowdiary.com forward slash 
free book. Type in your email and your name, and we will send that straight over to you. And for those of you who like the audio stuff, well, you can get a copy of the audiobook at half price. Go to the same thing, cashflowdiary.com slash free book. Now, let's just get back to Matt, shall we? Big time. Yeah, I did not set out. I mean, I don't know if if you should try it at home. Like, you definitely want to have a plan when you launch a business. And I wish I would have planned more with this one. But at the same time, if I would have had a plan, I might have, you know, grown bored with it. It might have changed. It, it might not have been right. There might not have been a market to help. The approach that I originally would have taken was bound to have changed. So, But I just kept, you know, persistently doing what I liked and um, trying to make cool things happen. I, I helped other people. The number one lesson I learned from interviewing all my guests was that a pay-it-forward culture and mindset is really the key. Like if, if you want to become a billionaire and you chase the money, no one's ever going to give someone the money who's chasing the money. But if you're all about helping other people and you're a person of value, then people are going to trust you. And, and that's kind of just the same mentality I had while going about figuring out what this business was. I just helped people. Startups raised millions of dollars because of my connections, and I did not take a cut. <laughs> but right. it's okay. Like I'm all about the people I know in my community, community succeeding in a big way, and I believe that the money will come in much much bigger ways. than if I focus on you know what I'm charging for, because right. you know if I would have set out and done that, it's just that that would have been the focus, and that's not the right focus for entrepreneurs. It's uh, providing value for for your target market. And then figuring out the pricing later, whether you're making any money or not up front, unfortunately, feels like a big deal, but it really doesn't matter. It's a, you figure out the pricing later. Right. Right. Now, now I, I my question, though, is in, in this process of discovery, we'll call it, um, you went through many different iterations before discovering what your unique ability was. Um, how would someone, how would you suggest someone do that today? Take a look at what you're already doing. You know, like what I did not look at with the real estate company was the fact that I was dying to get to happy hour to introduce these two friends that hadn't met. Right. I loved making connections and I knew the value of, of building a community, of building communities. When you put people together and you, and they all wear a similar hat, there's huge benefits and opportunities that are going to present themselves to the entire group. And that's what, that's why people pay to go to networking events. That's why people want to talk to the speaker after a conference. That's how conferences work, right? Like they get a ton of like-minded people together and there's a huge exchange and dissemination of information and people go home and that changes their lives. Yep. And um, I did not look at the fact that I was doing that on the side of real estate because I was too busy looking at the numbers right. in the real estate saying, oh, if we, wow, we just closed a you know, $25,000 deal with this person who signed a 12-month lease. Um, I was too focused on, I guess, the numbers, really. But no. I, I don't know. I mean, the numbers are very important to focus on, but your passion's more important. Well, and and I guess where I'm going with all of that is to say that you, what you in the process of doing anything, you're going to find certain things. That, it's not all bad, I guess, is really what I'm saying. If you've had a business before that did not work out, it's not all bad. There was something in it that was good. And for you, it was a different intangible than most. And you were able to find that and, and zero in on it. So with that, if when that's the case, the question becomes is did anyone else like identify like outside of you say, hey, Matt, you might want to consider 
helping people learn how to network and, and connecting people as a business. Did anyone bring that to you or did that just kind of you wake up one day lightning? Ah, I got it. Here's this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely presented itself in lots of different, you know, ideas and conversations and it's really hard to figure out how to package it and what it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm still figuring that out. You know, we have, I have this startup Denver meetup group where we have four startups pitch each month. And I have a video series where we've been sponsored before and we've had a ton of venture capitalists on the show. I have the online side of my business where we write blog posts and help early stage entrepreneurs distribute those. And, and I have my consulting fees. It's like, there's way too much going on in my business, but it's okay. We're providing value in different ways. And if one person goes on the website and doesn't understand it, that's, that's okay. I'm pretty sure that happens. And, um, you know, I'm still figuring it out, but yeah, just take a look at where you're providing value to people and what, what you're already doing. And that should help you identify your passion and kind of maybe where you should start looking around pricing something. So I I get this question and I'm assuming you do too. Um, and you alluded to it earlier, how on earth does an entrepreneur function in an environment where you don't know what's going to happen next, but that's kind of part of the requirement. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that is people are going to take you more seriously. If you're willing to give up a paycheck, if you quit your full-time job and now you tell people I quit my job because I'm so serious about this, this startup idea or this business idea, you're immediately more serious about your idea than someone who didn't quit their full-time job because you're willing to you're willing you're chasing your passion before being willing to take a before taking a paycheck like that increases your seriousness and in turn your credibility as well so like are you really going to be able to hire someone and hire a team member if you're working full-time maybe but it's going to be harder like people aren't going to trust that you're serious about your idea and that's that's kind of a lot of what we help our clients with you know you need to be putting your ideas out there and your opinions and pushing a lot of content to develop online credibility. Because when someone Googles you, if you're not there, you're not adding to your credibility. And the reason they're Googling you is they're looking for more credibility. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, that's the funny thing is you have, to, you have to risk everything to show how serious and credible you are about your idea. And <laughs> I think that's, that's my only comment on that. It's like you kind of – it's part of the process, unfortunately. So, the, so there's no such thing as dipping your toe in the water. I mean, I think most people dip their toe in first. Um, some people just run straight for the cannonball, and at the end of the day, you got to make the jump, <laughs> no matter how no matter how you approach it. Uh, agreed, agreed, totally agreed, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, le- what's the the big thing that you guys are working on now? Yeah, so this week I've kind of been more focused on consulting. You know, there's kind of three aspects of how we make money. Um, one is, you, you know, clients find us online. We get about a thousand opt-ins each month and they go through these email campaigns and we show them how, you know, us writing blog posts can still represent your voice. You can be as involved or not as you want. Um, once those are posted, we'll take your blog and distribute it outside of your personal network. We, we know you can already share it with your LinkedIn contacts and Facebook, but, um, what you need help with is getting more, you know, leads, more email signups. So that's where we take care of your blog distribution. Um, there's also my one-on-one consulting where I go in with local Denver entrepreneurs and really just look at everything that they are doing in terms of their personal brand. You know, the ones with more employees, it's important for them to have a voice online so that their employees know the culture better and get it. 
and um, that makes their team more effective. For the ones starting out that you know aren't getting found anywhere, they need more email signups. They need to be found online. They need to look good when an investor glances at them. And um, and then the third way we make money is uh, the, the second one is consulting. The third way is pairing up startups with investors through my meetup group and my past guests on the video series. Got it. But um, but but we what we've really been focused on is the consulting and kind of ironing out exactly what that looks like because that's the newest one. I'm kind of just starting to spin the wheels with that and help some entrepreneurs out. Got it. Totally understood. Totally understood. So when it comes to someone getting started uh, today, uh, what do you think in, in from the people that you've worked with, the things, the experiences you've had, what would you say are the three things that you've gleaned that attribute to success and or failure? Um, that's a, it's a good question. I think one of the most popular ways to get started or launch your personal brand is write your first blog post and post it on your LinkedIn. Like that's pretty easy. You don't need to set anything up. You don't need to get ready. You just write it and you click post and then you share that link, you know, around aggressively. You have to, you have to be willing to share your thoughts. And that's, that's kind of a mindset shift. You know, a lot of people that are private out there are just kind of, you know, have Facebook and, and Instagram personally. It's it's kind of scary to write your first blog post, especially about your business, and um, kind of share your thoughts on your struggles and you know what you think is going well, and and then of course make sure you have a call to action in there, sign up for a mailing list, or if you don't have one of those, just tell them to follow you on Twitter, tell them to follow your Instagram, at least think of something specific for them to do. But um, that's that's usually a good first step in terms of failure. I, I don't know. I think there, there's always everyone who's launched a personal brand and has a strong you know, online presence has made typos and that didn't mean they fail. <laughs> you know, everyone's posted the picture that wasn't relevant or, no. or that didn't make sense. You know, everyone's had the grammar errors. We've all, we've all made those mistakes, but I think the only failure is if you keep waiting, like you mm. have to put your ideas out there if you want to build more credibility. And if you want to grow a successful startup, you need to have more credibility. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. And yes, uh, I, <laughs> I I know the times we get the emails from people who have found the grammar or misspellings. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. but did you get the point of the article or were you really that, that did you only notice that I put the comma in the wrong spot? I mean, like, really, <laughs> you know, it's all yeah. good. It's all. And if, and if, if you are one of those people who have sent it in, we appreciated it, but understand I'm still wondering, like, how did you even see that? But anyway, <laughs> it, it, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So, um, th I, I, there's probably a number of people who at, at this point are wondering, like, Matt, because I get I get the question, Jay. How do I meet investors? How do I meet more people? How do I expand my network? Blah blah blah. So tell us, how do we do that? Yeah, I mean the secret is it does come down to paying it forward, and we can talk about you know online or offline. At the end of the day, the, is people, fine. the 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 people that you meet in person, face to face, are the ones that become more vested in your success. You know, it's. It, when you said that's why I launched a video series, Jay, is uh, it required me to sit down in person with these billionaires and members of Congress. You know, despite a podcast, you can meet a lot more people faster and you're still on the radar. But of course, the people that you go and hang out with after you and I get off work tonight are the people most vested in your success. So you need to look good online so new contacts can share you. And you need to be someone who is 
always willing to pay it forward and help. That way, new contacts that are high caliber trust you to introduce them to your to their network because you're helpful. You're a person of value. You're not someone who's just a salesman or someone who's watching out for themselves. You're you're about helping others, and that's when it makes it easier for you to be introduced. Um, but yeah, the secret is helping others before yourself, which is very hard when you quit your job and now don't have any money to not ask for <laughs> a contract. But that's your job as an entrepreneur to figure out how, how to do that. It's hard. Right. Everyone would be doing it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Eat beans if you have to, but make it work. Eat beans yeah. if you have to, but make it work. Excellent. So uh, with with all of these uh, ways of meeting people today, you know, whether it's social media, email, online, offline, etc., is there any particular strategy that you you found or the people your clients are finding that, that works better than another? Yeah, absolutely. We only help clients with Instagram because I have no idea how to blow up all the others. And I'm going to tell you the two secret tools we use to help our clients with this. Okay. Um, Instagress.com. Think progress in Instagram. Okay. Instagress.com okay. is a bot that goes out <clears throat> and will like tens of thousands of media of photos and videos on Instagram based off what hashtags they've been hashtagged with. So that's, you're getting exposure through the forum of marketing, incredibly inexpensive tool and you can get three days for free. Instagram.com. Check it out. Blow up your Instagram. Second, um, you know, on Twitter, when you follow someone and you get that, thanks for the follow, check out my website, automated <laughs> direct message. I'm familiar with it. Unfortunately. Yes, me too, unfortunately. And that's that's pretty much spam on Twitter, but no one's doing it on Instagram because there hasn't been many tools to do it or any. But very recently, something else came out. So now for our clients, they uh, we, we get them a ton of exposure. They're getting up to several thousands of followers within just a few months that are real accounts, real people that followed them back because they liked their photo or they followed that person's account. Uh, okay. So of the ones that follow you back, we use a service called holler.co. H-O-L-R dot co. And um, that also has like a free month trial and that sends automated direct messages on Instagram. Now, don't get spammy. They're going to ask you to write a sentence. Don't say thanks for the follow. Check out my website. I, I think you should say something, you know, a little bit more attention grabbing than that. Like we, we have one. So I, I, we work – our office is actually a co-working space here in Denver. And we have an Instagram account called the Handshake and Headquarters where we go and follow people who checked in to local spots and we think are entrepreneurial. And if they follow us back, the first message they get is, OMG, you'd be a great fit for our co-working space. Are you in Denver? Question mark. So it's very easy for them to engage. They say yes or no to our very pointed question. And it's, and it's not thanks for the follow. Like that's implied. <laughs> everyone, everyone is thankful that you follow them. So quit saying it and wasting valuable conversation time on that. Start with OMG or something crazy like that that's going to grab their attention. And don't, don't ask them to sign up on the first message. That's how you know it's automated. But instead, <laughs> just ask them a question about themselves that, that's an easy yes or no and, and relevant too, which is, you know, that, that again is hard to do too. I'm not saying our OMG, you'd be great for our co-working space. Are you in Denver message is the best, but it's been better than other ones that we've tried. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. And Instagram, it's where it's at. I think you might have be the first person uh, to say that, which I think is interesting uh, because you found a yet another unique way to network, it sounds like, online and still be able to achieve uh, the same result. Big time. I mean, I think my account's up to about 7,500 followers. I've been invited to be on podcasts from these two softwares. Um, 
I've been, I've, I've met people who want to be on my video series who are absolutely qualified to, you know, I think we've talked to lots of leads and I think some of them have turned into clients. Um, so that's, yeah, yeah. Some have definitely turned into clients. And now we're helping them with the same thing on Instagram. Interesting. It's good stuff. And you can, you know, if you, if you're a podcast host, if I'm a video series host, we need to look good online. People need to think we're popular and not just talking to an audience of one or two people. So (laughs) it's important for me to have some followers and it's important for them not to be fake either. And it's hard to get there. Right, right. Now, I do remember that first episode, though. I did wonder if I was talking to, like, just my mom or anything. <laughs> but that, yeah. that just kind of comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. So uh, for those people that ha- have listened this far and, and are resonating, what's going to be the best way for them, Matt, to, to track you down and figure out which world record you're going to break next? <laughs> um, I'm pretty active on snapchat you know instagram's kind of blown up but if you want to contact me personally add me on snapchat my handle is handshaking without the g and um, that's actually my handle everywhere on any network that you're on ever all of the things but snapchat's the best place to find me um otherwise if, if you're not convinced to talk to me yet let me at least give you my free ebook six networking strategies for entrepreneurs to help your networking get to the next stage you can download that for free at, on our website handshaking.com I'm sorry, handshaking.com slash free will get you to the ebook. And uh, again, handshaking without the G. Excellent. So last question here. Um, will when let's pretend for a moment that someone who's listening is standing in front of the superhero outfit store right now. They they're thinking about putting on a cape. They're thinking about, hey, I, you know, I'm gonna be one of those entrepreneur people. <laughs> However, as tends to happen anytime we start thinking of a go up goal or something that's going to be great. We have this little voice that comes into the back of our heads and it tells us all kinds of things. And unfortunately, they're not always supportive. And sometimes we're related to that little voice. And I know, Matt, you've done battle with that voice and I know you've had victories. So here's my question. Let's pretend that the person listening is actually going to follow through and do exactly what you say to do in the next 24 to 48 hours, what would you have them do? Yeah. Um, if you have that voice that's stopping you and holding you back, that's going to be your best friend. Cause that's one thing that everyone can relate to. Everyone's worried and has, and is scared of risks. So get used to it and talk openly about it. Tell, tell them what you're afraid of. Tell tell them what you're struggling with. And that's going to make you relatable and a human. And that ties into launching your personal brand 100%. When you talk online and when you write your first blog post, be open, be vulnerable, be transparent about where you're at. Like a lot of people think this is a fake it till you make it game. And I guess there's some features of entrepreneurship that are that because you do need credibility. But, but you know, be open about what you're struggling with. If you just quit your full-time job and you got your first sale and it was $50, talk about it. Woohoo! Yeah, that's 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 huge. You're you're maybe it's maybe some people would argue you're not pre revenue, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's what it comes down to. Is the next twenty four to forty eight hours be authentic and transparent and talk about what's happening online and to your friends and uh, so give that feeling a shot. Just try it for the next day or two, and when you're done, if you liked what happened, keep keep you know stay open, stay vulnerable, stay transparent, and authentic. But if you don't. You know, you can go back to not sharing your secrets and not having people be able to relate to you and, and pretending that your startup is at a point where it's not and not being able to get help because of that reason. You know, there's, there's all kinds of bad things that come along when you have to lie or when you have to hide what's going on. 
that means you're not going to get help with what's going on. And guess what? You're a new entrepreneur. You need a lot of help. And that's why Jay and I are here. You know, be authentic, <laughs> ask for help, um, get other people involved. I say networking is the number one spot you should start. So download that ebook and start networking. Just go on meetup.com, go to a new event. But uh, what it comes down to is give it, give it a shot, being authentic and transparent and vocal about it. Nice. Excellent. I definitely uh, appreciate anyone and you for blazing this trail uh, on this whole networking because it's it's one of the areas that uh, I believe many entrepreneurs need help in. And I know it was one that I continually address uh, with everyone as well as myself, making sure that we're always meeting more and more and more and always giving. And I definitely appreciate you taking the time to invest your wisdom and expertise here with us at the Cashflow Diary. Yeah, Jay, it's been a pleasure. And for all those listening, I know there's a lot of content out there. So I really appreciate you tuning in, you know? I'm I'm right here, just one Snapchat away. I <laughs> love it. Love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean? That means, hey, why not connect to Snapchat? You're like, what's Snapchat? I know you you're like, I haven't done that one yet. Well, now you got one more contact. Then begin to build your network. This is the time. Ladies and gentlemen, we've never had more access to more people than now. And what's really cool about it is that many of them want to talk to you just like Matt. So it's been fun talking to you guys today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time. 